0: I hope this morning this doesn't come as a surprise to you, but how many you guys have figured out that, yes, even we Christians, even Al and I, we actually make mistakes once in a while. Do you guys notice that? Have you found that uh, pretty profound there? That's right. Uh, and uh, for those of you who don't believe me, I know it's a shocker that Christians make mistakes. Uh, I was able to find some proof, and uh, that proof is contained within, speaking of which, church bulletins, Okay. Now, i got to make a disclaimer. I don't think any of these were printed here. Uh, yeah, and, uh, but you tell me if we Christians don't make some mistakes once in a while. This is actually printed in church bulletins around America. The ladies of the church have cast off clothing of every kind. They may be seen in the basement on Friday afternoon. <laughs> don't, wrong kind of fundraiser there. Uh, one said this, uh, attend this week's conference and you will hear an excellent speaker and heave a healthy lunch. That's right. It was supposed to be here, but uh, maybe it was chicken, Al. You know what I'm saying? But that's right. Uh, uh, hey, the church will host an evening of fine dining, superb entertainment, and gracious hostility. Right? Because you're going to beat each other up as Christians. You better be nice about it. That's right. Hey, the, the low self-esteem support group will meet Thursday at 7. Please use the back door. <laughs> It'll fire them up, I tell you what. And uh, here's one. Hey, for the pancake breakfast next Saturday, the pastor would appreciate it if the ladies of the congregation would lend them their electric girdles. <laughs> I'll just skip that one. Let's move on. Uh, the associate minister unveiled the church's new stewardship campaign slogan last Sunday, I up my pledge, up yours. <laughs> I, what do you do with those? Uh, next Sunday, Mrs. Vincent will be the solace uh, for the morning service. The pastor will then speak on, It's a terrible experience. <laughs> anyway, Barbara remains in the hospital and she needs blood for more transfusions. She's also having trouble sleeping and requests tapes of Pastor Jack's sermons. That ain't funny, what are you guys laughing about? <laughs> All right, yeah, whatever. Uh, next one, hey, uh, this Christmas season. That's right, smile at somebody who's hard to love and say hell to those who don't care much about you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you add the extra letter there. But that's right, speaking of Christmas, our concluding song on Christmas Day is Angels We've Heard Get High. <laughs> Wrong kind of angel, it's called a demon. Okay, but as you guys can see, hello, we Christians, unfortunately, the proof's in the pudding. We make mistakes, don't we? Okay, and folks, believe it or not, this morning, I hope there's one mistake as a Christian you never, ever, 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 ever make, and that is this, to doubt that the Bible really did come from God to doubt that the bible really came from god okay and i say that because if you haven't noticed folks many people in our world today are in a frantic search for truth it doesn't matter anymore now it's spilling over all over the place because of world events christian non-christian it doesn't matter everybody recognizes that something is horribly wrong with our world and it's getting worse and it doesn't matter what we do what we say how we vote it just continues to spiral down out of control Okay, and so many people in our world, not just Christians, are seeking questions to the answers of life. They're asking questions like this. Have you been paying attention to the conversations? Can we have true and lasting peace in this world? Where did all this evil and suffering come from? Why is all this shooting going on? Where did evil come from in the first place? Why is it here? And is there any hope? Okay, okay. Now, the irony of this whole thing, folks, all this searching for answers to life is actually a good thing. It's waking people up to start to search and seek out eternal matters, eternal things, okay? And that's good. But the problem is they're looking in all the wrong places to try to find answers to these questions, okay? And if you've been paying attention, they're actually hoping that somebody somewhere, maybe in Egypt or some Far East country in the sands there, that they will dig up some ancient text that nobody's discovered that will now unlock the secrets to life. Or some people they will actually are waiting for, some supposed alien with this supposed higher intelligence will land on planet Earth, and with their supposed higher intelligence, they're going to solve all of our problems for us. Or as the X-Files puts it, the truth is out there, right? That's what people believe, okay? But folks, what if I were to tell you this morning that the X-Files is right? The truth is out there. It's right under our noses. It's called the Bible. The truth is out there. They got it right, folks. But see, that's the irony, it's right under our noses. And the problem is, people aren't even picking it up. (laughs) You don't have to search, call it off, it's right there. They won't pick it up. But listen to these statistics, who owns a Bible? Because, well, maybe they don't have one. Uh Uh-uh, that's not the facts, this is what's wild. Check this out, among households which own a Bible, the typical count is three Bibles per household. So it's not for a lack of them. And listen to this, okay? Almost every household in America, 92%, owns at least one copy of the Bible, and this includes most homes in which the adults are not practicing Christians, as well as the homes of hundreds of thousands of atheists. Even they have a copy of the Bible. The truth is out there. That follows is right. But the irony is it's collecting dust in virtually every home in America. So that brings me to the logical question, Why? I mean, why do we have this strange dichotomy? Why is it that people refuse to pick up the Bible when they're in this frantic search for truth because the world evens, and it's actually collecting dust, and they already got a, a, a copy. It's right out there in the open. Well, Jenna, thanks for asking back there. Uh, works well with my notes. Uh, I think it's due to two things. Number one, I think it's due to a century or more of skepticism and false criticism towards the Bible, which will explode in just a little bit here, and, and that it really did come from God. And so because of that, people don't think it came from God, so they don't pick it up. They just say it's a book whooped up by man, full of contradictions and errors. How many of you guys heard that? Okay, number two, believe it or not, I think it's also due to the hypocritical behavior of the Christian community who on the one hand says, oh yeah, the Bible, you got that right, B-I-B-L-E, the Bible should... you know, sing all those songs, we got all those nifty acronyms, we say the Bible really came from God, we'll even say, and you've got to get in there, and you've got to read, and it has all the answers to the questions you're looking for, but the problem is, we don't pick it up either, and they see us. And apparently, they, we send a loud message to them, it's not that important. Right? You may think, well, gee, Pastor Bless, how do you know that? Is it, really, is it really that bad that Christians across America aren't picking up their Bible, aren't studying the Bible, aren't reading the Bible? Yeah. Let me give you some proof. Let's first of all start with some kids. All I got to say, these kids' knowledge of the Bible, I hope they weren't from sunrise, or we need to seriously switch up our Sunday school class or something. But let's take a look at these kids. We've seen this before. Uh, Lot's wife, one kid actually said, was a pillar of salt by day, but a ball of fire by night. <laughs> all right, that's their bit. <laughs> what another kid said this the fifth commandment is to humor thy mother and father that's right our kids take that very seriously branny right uh but that's right Uh, moses one kid said died before he ever reached the uk and then joshua led the hebrews in the battle of Jericho. it was awesome they whooped up on with their canes and walkers and okay anyway let's move on Uh, the greatest miracle in the bible one kid said is when joshua told his son to stand still and he obeyed him now that would be a miracle and i'll just leave that at that but it's supposed to be S-U-N, okay. <laughs> Another kid said this, David was a Hebrew king and he fought with the Finkelsteins. <laughs> I mean, you forget the Hatfields and McCoys. This is serious stuff. Uh, Solomon, one kid said, said uh, he was one of David's sons. He had 300 wives and 700 porcupines. <laughs> supposed to be concubines. Uh, for, anyway, <laughs> that's right. Uh, when the three wise guys uh, from the east side arrived, they found Jesus in a manager. Jesus was born because Mary had an immaculate contraption, is what this kid said. <laughs> and another kid said this jesus enunciated the golden rule which says do one to others before they do one to you you know what i'm saying that's the mafia rule i don't think you that's in the Bible. And, and one kid said one of the opossums was uh, saint matthew who by profession was a taxi man you know drove people around and whatever and that's right one kid actually said this i kid you not here's his knowledge of the bible come down to this a christian should have only one wife this is called monotony <laughs> it's monogamy okay but uh, how many of you guys would say that uh, kids, uh, man, they need a little refresher course in their biblical knowledge there, you know what I'm saying? Okay, and granted, that's kind of funny and all that neat stuff, but uh, folks, believe it or not, we Christians adults, we don't fare much better, okay? We're not leading the way by example, unfortunately, and let me share some of that proof with you. Let's take a look at some Christian adults and their so-called knowledge of the Bible today, okay? Let's take a look at some of these facts. 80% of Christians say that the Bible teaches that God helps those who helps himself. Anybody know the problem with that? It's nowhere in the Bible. Excuse me? So we're saying stuff's in there's not even there. 12% say that the name of Noah's wife was Joan of Arc. <laughs> not even the same person. The Bible doesn't even tell us her name. Excuse me? This is crazy. Uh, 49% says the Bible teaches that money is the root of all evil. No. The Bible says, the quote there, is the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Okay? Satan actually is the originator of evil. Uh, 50% of Christians say, this is mind-blowing, say there is no absolute truth. Why are we here today? Why do we have Bible studies? Why do we have Sunday school class? Why do we have this book if there is no absolute truth? That's half the American church says that. Why? Well get this, because 55% of them say the Bible has errors in it. Instead of demonstrating to people what we're gonna do in this study, the facts that we can know for sure the Bible really came from God, the church is actually listening to the world and all the skepticism, that's why you have that number. And it gets, it gets worse, it rolls downhill. 47% of Christians don't have commitment to the Christian faith as a top priority. Well, why not? If the Bible's full of errors and it's a book whooped up man by man, you can take it or leave it. Maybe you can take or leave your walk with Jesus Christ or two. Okay, and then it gets even worse. Listen to this, 35% of Christians say to get by in life these days, sometimes you gotta bend the rules to, for your own benefit. That's called lying, cheating in the church. Why? Because we've seen this before, folks, in our final countdown study. 49% of pastors no longer in America have a biblical worldview. If you were to play the odds straight across the board, folks, that means one out of every two church services you go to in America right now does not preach the Bible. They don't have a biblical worldview, okay? It's what they're doing. It's pop psychology and a bunch of other junk uh, as well. And that spills downhill. 93% of Christians no longer have a biblical worldview. That's the world we're in. If just 200 of us were here today, for those of you hooked on math, that means only 14 of you are thinking biblically. That's the status, folks, of what we we're in, okay? And again, you couple that, that's, that's us right now, okay? You couple that with the kids that are coming up, you know, the ones that thought that David fought with the Finkelsteins in the battle of Jericho, okay? And Solomon had a bunch of porcupines, okay? Uh, they're gonna become the next generation, which means it's gonna get worse when it comes to our, our knowledge and uh, understanding the Bible. But here's my point, folks, And sharing those stats with you. I mean, I was aghast when I came across that. I mean, think about it. These these are Christians, people professing to know Christ as their Savior. I mean, why wasn't there a 100% agreement on the accuracy of the Bible, right? How in the world could that ever happen, okay? Of all people who should never, ever doubt that the Bible really came from God, it should be Christians, but that's not what we see. Even Christians are starting to doubt, just like the world, that the Bible really did Come from God. Therefore, to stave off this criticism in hypocrisy, even in the church, we're going to begin that new study, as you can see in the bulletin. Did the Bible really come from God? All right? Did the Bible really come from God? And what we're going to do is take a look at 10 lines of solid, logical evidences showing us that the Bible not only did come from God, but Lord willing, when we're done, you're gonna see it had to come from God. There's no way in the world, man, even on his best day, could whip up something like we see uh, in the scripture. And the first line of evidence showing us that the Bible really did come from God is, hello, the Bible says so, okay? And you might think that that's a small point. Actually, it's a very big point, a very important point, but don't take my word for it. Let's listen to God's. Open your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter three, is our final opening text. Second Timothy chapter three. And let's take a look at what God tells us about this book. Okay? Was it really whooped up by man? Who did who wrote this thing? How did it come about? Second Timothy let's take a look chapter 3 verses 10 through 17 is going to be our context now as you're turning there paul to grab the context paul is given a final charge to timothy most likely uh this book was written more towards the end of paul's life and again he's he's laying it on the line to young timothy young pastor timothy if paul's not going to be around anymore he's letting him know what is the most important thing for him to focus on and that's the context as we read let's take a look verse 10 says this you however paul says to timothy you know all about my teaching my way of life my purpose." Uh, faith patience love endurance persecution sufferings what kind of things happened to me in Antioch and Iconium and Lystra the persecutions I endured he says yet the Lord rescued me from all of them he says in fact anyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will what you're going to be persecuted man and uh, is what he says there and he says while evil men and apostates will go from bad to worse deceiving and being deceived he says but as for you even though that's going on you put you know get your head on your shoulders he says continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know from those whom you've learned it and how from infancy you have known the what the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation uh, through faith in christ jesus all scripture how much scripture all scripture is god breathed or inspired by god and is useful for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness why so that the man of god may be thoroughly equipped for every good work okay and so we ask the questions well how do we know that the bible really did come from god well what did we just read the first line of evidence logically is that the bible says it came from god okay and again believe it or not folks this is a very important factor to consider Okay, and that's because if anybody is in a genuine, honest search to validate a document, they must first give that document the benefit of the doubt, right? Okay, how many of you guys remember the, the famous uh, uh, philosopher, Aristotle, my kid's uh, favorite philosopher is Plato. <laughs> yeah, uh, Aristotle, okay, uh, you know, the search for truth and all that stuff in philosophy, if you ever had to study that in college, okay. Well, even he said this, folks, and this is my whole point in bringing this up. He says this, the benefit of the doubt, is to be given to the document itself, not to be arrogated by the critic himself. I'll read that again, because that's a nifty PowerPoint slide in and yellow color. The benefit of the doubt is to be given to the document itself, and not to be arrogated by the critic uh, himself. Now stop and think about this, folks. This is exactly the problem that we have with the skeptics today. They do just the opposite. They assume that the Bible is uh, full of errors until it's proven absolutely genuine, right? They've got it backwards. Even in our courtrooms, we know that something is innocent until it's what? Proven guilty. Therefore, if you're honest in your approach uh, towards the Bible to validate it, to see if it really did come from God, shouldn't you apply the same standard to it? Of course, so then let's do that. Let's do what even Aristotle knew if you're an honest seeker of the truth. Let's see what the Bible has to say about it being the actual word of God. And here's what we see, folks. The, the phrase, the Lord hath spoken, appears 30 times uh, in the Bible. It written implying of God 80 times in the Bible. The word of the Lord appears 258 times. The phrase thus saith the Lord 415 times and the phrase saith the Lord 854 times and that's not all of them. That's just a sampling to give you an idea of how many times, how many ways, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times the Bible simply emphatically declares that it literally came from God. And again, this is the point. If you're honest in your approach to validate the Bible, to ask the question, instead of just mocking it, what does the Bible have to say, okay? Instead of saying that it's full of errors, you have to give it the benefit of the doubt that if it says that it came from God, gee whiz, maybe Aristotle's right, it came from God, okay, is the line of thinking, okay? And now here's the point. Think of the hypocrisy here, right? Why is it that no honest scholar treats any other ancient document in the same hypocritical manner that they do with the Bible? right? They discover something in the dirt. Do They automatically say, well, I see what is being written here, but there's no way this is accurate. Those Egyptians, you can't trust them. They take the thing at face value and says, here's exactly what it says. They don't question it. They don't. But the moment they pick up the Bible, what's the first thing they say? Oh, it's full of airs. You have to prove to me that it's accurate. That's being intellectually dishonest, okay? And yet that's exactly what they do with the Bible, okay? But then the skepticals, if you point that out to them, okay, because that's just logic. If you point that out to them, they'll usually say something like this. They'll say, well, well that's just secular reasoning. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, that's, uh, one book declaring itself to be from God, that's ludicrous. That's exactly what you would expect, okay, if a book was whooped up by man. Well, folks, that's the point. God has arranged the Bible in such a way that there is nothing circular uh, reasoning about it, okay? The Bible is actually a collection of not just one book declaring itself to be from God, but 66 different books written by different men in different time periods who didn't even know each other, proving that it had to come from God. Man on his best day could never whip up what we see in the characteristics of the Bible. God did it in such a way to scream, this came from me. Let's take a look at that. The Bible is written over 1,500-year time span. Some say 1,600 years. It was written over 40 different generations. It was written by more than 40 different authors from every walk of life, including kings and peasants and philosophers, fishermen, poets, statesmen, scholars, and Ruth. Echt. It's right there for you. Okay. It was written in different places, wilderness, dungeons, palaces. Uh, it was written at different times, times of war, times of peace. Uh, it was written in different moods, heights of joy, depths of despair. It was written on three different continents, Asia, Africa, Europe. It was written in three different languages, Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. And the whole time, it never once contradicts itself. And it has the same message through and through. Man, on his best day, you have to admit this logically could never whip up what we see in the Bible. The Bible, the way it was arranged, was not one book. A multitude of books by people who didn't even know each other over 1,500 years in different generations, it had to come from God. There's no circular reasoning at all when the Bible says it came from God. Okay, Now, here's the strange irony. Even when you look at these amazing characteristics of the Bible and how it came together and showing that it came from God, and that's why God says hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times, this book came from me, this book came from me, people still turn other supposed sources of truth and mock the scripture and they go after all these kind of false uh, places for truth and i want to deal with just two of them today the first faulty source of truth that people turn to instead of the bible which is tried and true is worldly false prophets worldly false prophets and this is crazy again god wants us to know the truth right The Bible says that the truth sets us free. God wants us to know about him. God wants us to have a relationship uh, with him. And it's right there in the Bible. That's why he says over and over again, this came from me, this came from me, this came from me. And he arranged it in such a way that proves it came from him. And yet people still turn to these false worldly prophets that are even involved in demonic activity. They'll listen to them. And this is why God, because he wants us to know the truth, he warned us in the Bible, don't you dare follow these guys. They're going to lead you astray. Deuteronomy 18, verse 9 through 12 says this, when you enter the land the Lord your God has given you, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices his son or daughter in the fire. We would never do that, would we? They used to sacrifice their kids to the God of Molech. And what it was, was a hollow statue, a big giant statue. And they'd have a fire inside the statue, and it would get so hot, he'd become like burning red. The statue, it was hollow. And his arms were outstretched like this, and the people would chuck their babies into his arms. Why? Because they believed that Molech would enable them, by doing, sacrificing their kids, would enable them for their own personal prosperity. And we would never sacrifice children for the sake of expediency and preservation is so we're doing the same thing folks but that's not that's for an absurd. Uh and you don't dare do that god says uh, who practices listen divination or sorcery interprets omens engages in witchcraft or casts spells or who's a medium or a spiritist or who consults the dead he says anybody who does these things they are detestable to god Why? because it's a demonic practice and God does not want you lied to you. This is why he tells us over and over again, hundreds and hundreds of the times, the Bible came from him, the Bible came from him, he is holy, he does not lie like man, he wants us to know the truth and you just need to stick to it and you'll be fine. And yet people today still turn to these same lying demonic spirits to get their supposed source of truth, okay? And if you don't believe me, I'm gonna deal with just a couple of them, okay, that people turn to, and I'm talking demonic sources here, folks. Okay, as opposed to the Bible. And the first one that people turn to is Nostradamus. I'm sorry, uh, Nostradamus, okay? But you might as well call him Nostradamus once you look at the facts. It's absolutely crazy. Al, you like that one? Let's go back to that. Look at that. He's gonna get it out sooner or later. Uh, but anyway, let's take a look at Nostradamus. For those of you who don't know, uh, here's the, the facts on him. Nostradamus was a 16th century physician and astrologer first problem, uh, whose supporters say he wrote uh, supposed prophetic verses called quatrains in four lines there, uh, that they believed predicted actual future events, even today, okay? But let's, uh, let's put that to the test. Let's say, was he able really to do that? Let me give you just one example of his extremely vague quatrains, okay? Here's just one of them, okay? Here it is. The year, 1999, seven months. From the sky will come the great king of terror to resuscitate the great king of the Mongols, before and after Mars reigns by good luck, and at 45 degrees, the sky will burn, fire to approach the great new city. in an instant, scattered flame, a great scattered flame will leap up when one will want to demand proof of the Normans. Folks, that's right, according to the experts, He just predicted 9 /11. Isn't that so clear there in that text? I mean, that's so obvious, right? That's right, John. Huh? <laughs> that's crazy, man. Are you serious? Hey, folks! And it's crazy. And even when, when you when you cop them on it, and they say, "Oh no!" They'll say something like this. Uh, well, 1999 uh, is not too far off from 2001. And it said seven months, but it was really the ninth month. But, you know, it's close, right? And the references to fire and terror in the sky, that sounds like an aerial attack, right? And New York City is close to 45 degrees latitude. It's actually about 40. And then they don't mention, well, who in the world was the great king of the Mongols? And who on the 9-11 commission demanded proof from the Normans? Who is the Normans? Is the guy from Seinfeld? Which, which what Norman? right? And then, of course, they don't, who's, what, planet, it's it's crazy, okay, is what's going on there, and yet, in spite of this, you have the accuracy of the Bible, it came from God, it never contradicts itself, and yet, it's more popular than ever to listen to Nose Hair Domus. Immediately following the September 11th text, his books went crazy on Amazon.com's bestseller list, and they're shot off of bookstores all across the country, It's wild. Now, here's what's even worse, folks, as we continue on. It's well documented that Nostradamus received these supposed prophetic quatrains, listen, using a combination of astrology, divination, and guidance that he admitted from an angelic spirit. That's called a demon, okay? And he would focus on fire or water while being under the influence of drugs, mild hallucinogens, which is the common practice used today, if you don't know, by witches. It's called scrying, That's what he was doing and involved. And believe it or not, he not only knew he was messing around with dangerous occult practices, but he even warned his own son, don't you ever follow my footsteps, because he admitted he knew himself he was going straight to hell for doing this. Here's the quote. He beseeched his infant son never to dabble in such practices, for he says they desiccate or dry up the body, they disturb the mind, and they send the soul to perdition. And and for that reason, he burned the ashes of the ancient books that he learned these techniques from. And when he did, he says they burned with an unnatural brilliance. Interesting. Okay? And so here's the point. I'm supposed to listen to him over the tried and true Word of God that's in the Bible. Hey, folks, I don't know about you, but that's freaker than Ron's bloated cat here. You know what I'm saying? Look at that thing. What do you do? Feed did chicken billy swelled up his gut. That's that's crazy. That's crazy talk. You know what I'm saying? But so that's not all. How about the Mayan 2012 prophecy? we got to deal with this one, folks. I mean, I hope you didn't lose any sleep over that. Come on. Okay? This was crazy. Okay? And for, the, for those of you still wondering, we're still here. Okay? pinch yourself it's happening yeah okay and we just found out folks that was not only not true but it was nothing more than wild speculations on the mind calendar which is the only thing that ceased to exist by the way okay in fact the so-called experts were telling us that the mind calendar was clearly predicting the end of the world but they couldn't even predict their own uh, cultural demise and we're supposed to listen to them it's crazy but even worse than that just like with nose hair it's well documented that they got their supposed prophetic information from the occult Okay, and I'm gonna to listen to them. They, too, were involved in astrology. They, too, induced visions using hallucinogenic drugs that supposedly helped them to speak to their dead ancestors, which is called necromancy, okay, as you, if you know. And their culture was barbaric, extremely barbaric. They practiced human sacrifice, auto-sacrifice, they killed themselves, and used the blood of humans to, quote, appease the gods, because they believed the sun was powered by human blood. And so here's the point, folks. I'm supposed to listen to them over the word of God in the Bible? Hey, you better knock that talk off because it's going to make Kenny's eyeballs bug out. You know what I'm saying? He's not going to like, he's looking at you, pay attention, that ain't funny. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's one of my favorite ones. You got to get mileage out of that one. You know what I'm saying? As much as you can. Okay, but uh, folks, it gets even worse than that. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but when you start to look at, at the facts, when you start to look at the, the Bible in comparison to these guys, I don't know about you, but I would rather uh, stick to the tried and true word of God in the Bible that was written over 1,500 years by 40 different authors by, in over 40 different generations. It never once contradicts itself, has the same message through and through, and demonstrates it had to come from God other than... Guys who what? Who practiced witchcraft, knew they were going to hell, did drugs, killed people and themselves just to keep the sun going. And yet, what do we see? People will sit there and mock and scoff, oh, Ah, and it's collecting dust on their shelf. And they'll run after these guys. Now, here's what's really sad. I came across this stat. And I said, well, I've shared this with you before. Did you know that 4% of Christians and 3% of non-Christians so one more percent for Christians, had consulted a medium or spiritual advisor within the past month. More Christians are seeking guidance from a demonic psychic than non-Christians do. And yet, on the other side of the mouth, oh yeah, this came from God. Folks, it's all messed up, okay? And yet, no, no sh- hopefully it's not a shocker to you, <laughs> these so-called psychics are just as bad off as Nose Herodamas and the Mayans. Here's the, Listen to this stat. Amid hundreds of prophecies, biblical prophets are not known to have made a single error. Of course, came from God, right? He doesn't lie, right? And however, a study of the prophecies made by psychics showed that the 72 predictions, okay, a sampling there, only six were fulfilled in any way, and two of them were totally vague, two others were hardly surprising, like, here's their big prediction, U.S. and Russia would remain world-leading powers. Repeat after me. Duh. Okay, another top study of the top 25 psychics and their 72 predictions revealed that 92% were totally wrong and the remaining 8% could be easily explained by chance or general knowledge of circumstances. In fact, in 1993 alone, they missed every single, every single unexpected news story, like Michael Jordan's retirement, and the flooding back in the Midwest. And among some of their false prophecies, just that year alone, was that Kathy Lee Gifford would replace Jay Leno as the host of the Tonight Show, and the Queen of England would become a nun. (laughs) Apparently they forgot to tell her, okay. But folks, here's the point. When in the world are we gonna learn that these sources are not only not a good source of truth, but this is why God tells us over and over and over and over again in the Bible that it really did come from him. He doesn't want us lied to. He wants us to know the truth. He has all the answers that we're looking forward to life. You just need to stay away from these guys because they're using demonic practices and they will lead you astray, okay? Okay. But unfortunately, that's not all. The second faulty source that people are turning to today, instead of the word of God, instead of the Bible, is what I call churchy false prophets. Now, I know that's not correct grammar, but in Bible college, uh, uh, seminary titling 101, it has to rhyme, okay? So worldly false prophets, churchy false prophets. You catching with me? Hey, I, okay. That's why I got a D in that class. But anyway, I had to, had to work with, okay? And folks, what I'm talking about with this one is uh, 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 it's bad enough that these guys are out in the world. Did you know that false prophets and false teachers are in the church today? Mm-hmm. And, and, and it doesn't have to be that way. It shouldn't be that way. We unfortunately allow them to remain and it makes us look like a bunch of goobers. But let's see what God says we're supposed to do with these guys when they come and say, I've got a word from the Lord. Okay, here's what God says we need to do. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 20 through 22. But a prophet who presumes to speak anything in my name, God's name, that I have not commanded him to say, or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods, he must be what? This is serious stuff. How many guys could figure that out without any help? Put to death. They take that guy out. Okay? And he's what he says. You may say, to, well, how, how can we know, Pastor Billy, when, when, when a message uh, has not been spoken of the Lord? I mean, if you've been around church and ease long enough, people always say, well, I got a word from the Lord, or the Lord told me this, or God inspired me this, or we have a, 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 a New Testament of Jesus Christ. You know, we'll get into that later. Uh, the Book of Mormon is a bunch of baloney with all due respect. Okay, uh, it's not from God. But, but how do you know? What's the, what's the acid test? Well, here's what God says. He says, if what a prophet proclaims in the name of the Lord does not take place or come true, okay, then that's a message the Lord's not spoken. Why? Because God's holy and he doesn't lie. And he wants us to know the truth, okay? That prophet has pr- uh, spoken presumptuously. Do not be afraid of that guy. Even if they get up there, and you, how dare you challenge me? The Bible says, don't even be afraid of that guy. Why? Because he's a liar. He is a liar. What he said was from God was not from God. It's a lie, and God doesn't lie. And so here's the point. What are you supposed to do with that guy? According to the Old Testament, we're supposed to what? We're supposed to take that guy out. We are supposed to put that man to death. Other texts say you've got to stone that guy. And that means with rocks, okay? Because you start talking about people getting stoned, and they go the other route and get all crazy, you know what I'm talking about, I'm serious, you actually have to clarify that because you get all excited, oh, no, that's not what I'm talking about. He needs to be rocked to sleep, okay, is what he's talking about there, you need to put him out, okay. But again, why, okay, why do we take this guy out? Because the Bible says God is holy, he does not lie like us, and here's the good news, he wants us to know the truth. But, but, but as we know in the New Testament, anybody glad for the New Testament? Okay, the New Testament, although we don't put the guy to death, okay, the Bible says we are called to put the guy out of the church. Okay, but here's the problem today, folks. People in the church refuse to do this, and so once again, all these false prophets and false teachers are allowed to continue their false heresy, and the world looks at it and goes, you guys don't even know yourselves what it's the word of God. And it makes us look like a bunch of goobers. Let me share with you just a couple of them that are allowed, blows me away, allowed to continue in the church when they needed to be kicked out the first time they said something from God and it didn't come true. Okay, it's destroying our witness. And the first guy's Harold Camping, okay, if you're familiar with that, even though the Bible clearly says that the second coming of Jesus Christ in Matthew 24:36, nobody knows the day nor the hour, not even the angels in heaven nor the sun. Very clear. One man, Harold Campion, apparently thinks he's smarter than God. He not only falsely predicted that the world would end back in September 6, 1994, and hello, how many guys could realize that didn't happen? <laughs> two for two. You guys are awesome. Okay, but he did it again on May 21st, 2011, and that didn't happen. And so then he revised it and said, oh, I'm sorry, October 21st, 2011, but he still got it wrong. Why? Because folks, not even Harold Campy's mathematics can supersede God's word. Nobody knows the day nor the hour. Not even him and his nifty calculator Okay, because he used this mathematical formula that I don't have time to go into. And yet he also went on to say that nobody, according to him, nobody got saved between 1998 and 1994 and that the church age ended in 1994 and that the Holy Spirit is no longer working in the church. What? I say the Holy Spirit's no longer working in Mr. Campion. Why? Because he's a false teacher making false predictions in the church and because of this, not only have many people, especially this last round, have lost millions and millions of dollars because they sold everything including giving it to his so-called ministry, okay, for the billboards. Remember the billboards? But people, it's been documented that people died because of this. Because of this. Why? Because the church refused to do what God said to do. You need to kick this guy out. In fact, you should have kicked him out back in 1994 when he made his first false prediction, but we didn't do it. And so other people paid a horrible price for that, okay? Uh, not only Benny Hinn, we've already seen the final countdown study, uh, folks, that he's not only a false teacher in the last days, ripping the church off of their cash, exactly like the Bible predicted would happen as a sign you're living in the last days. Okay, we've already seen that, okay? But he also, to himself, has made several predictions over the years that have actually, shocker, have not come true, and yet he's allowed to continue, okay? Let's take a look at some of that actual audio clip. Let's take a look. The Lord also tells me to tell you in the mid-90s, about 94, 95, no later than that. God will destroy the homosexual community of America. He will not destroy it with what many minds have thought him to be. He will destroy it with fire. The Spirit tells me, Peter Castro will die in the 90s. Oh my. Some will try to kill him and they will not succeed but there will come a change in his physical health and he will not stay in power and Cuba will be visited of God. You know a prophetess sent me a word through my wife right here and she said tell your husband that Jesus is going to physically appear in his meetings. We may very well come back with footage of Jesus on the platform. You know that the Lord appeared in Romania recently? Now hear this. I'm prophesying this. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is about to appear physically in some churches and some meetings. And to many of his people, for one reason, to tell you he's about to show up. Hmm. Jesus is about to show up to tell us he's about to show up. Hmm, not even that's on the back of a Cheerios box. That's pretty amazing. Excuse me. So let me get this straight. Let's put all this together, folks. What well, we just heard, you heard it, okay? You said that God told you to tell us that the homosexual community would be destroyed by fire in the mid-1990s, and that didn't happen. And then you said that Fidel Castro was gonna die in the 1990s, and that didn't happen. Okay, and, uh, and then, then you said that Jesus was gonna physically appear at your meetings and he'd already appeared in other places around the world, which is a total contradiction to scripture because the Bible says Jesus has only two comings, not three, four, five, whatever. And then here's the point, folks, and I'm supposed to listen to you one more second over the word of God? Folks, that stinks worse than Don's job. That's horrible. How many you guys would like to have that job? We're done when you need it? Maybe he's at home. He's sick. His nose is swelling up. He's got a good attitude. He's a Christian he's trying to make the best of it. And if you don't knock it off, I'm going to sick uh, Kenny's boat on you. You know what I'm saying? He gets a lot of fish, John. He always wins the bet, but you can't eat them. But uh, anyway, but seriously, folks, in all seriousness, according to the Bible, what should we do with Mr. Han? We should kick him out of the church. He's a liar. He's a false teacher and a false prophet. And he's leading people astray. But because we don't do that year after year, it defames our witness and defames the authority of the scripture. One more. This one's popular. He comes in under the radar. Pat Robertson. He not only ran for president in the 1980s, but uh, he even recently supposedly prophesied who was going to be the next president. From God, supposedly. Let's see if he got it right. Let's what... I want to ask, Pat, about the coming election. Mm-hmm. What's your opinion on Obama, Romney? What happens if Obama wins? What happens if Romney well, wins? And I'm talking about economy mm-hmm. plus foreign policy. Oh. Uh, he's gonna have a second term he's going to win romney, romney will win the election. You believe that? I absolutely believe What it. makes you believe in that? Because the Lord told me. Well that's why well, I'm, I'm glad to know. I wasn't sure how you knew. <laughs> really the Lord said that to you? Yeah absolutely. I, I told Mitt a long time ago. I called him. I said listen I've, I've, I've been in prayer and I, I, Number one, you're going to win the nomination. Number two, you're going to win the general election. He said, well, what can I do for you? I said, well, give me a seat on the platform. (laughs) Real funny. Folks, with all due respect, we wonder why the world laughs at us, mocks at us, scoffs us, when we say, oh, we know that this really came from God. And these guys continue to flippantly, even in the church, year after year, and we... Let them remain. Say that God said this, God said that. Folks, I'm telling you, if we want to avoid this embarrassment, this hypocrisy, this horrible witness, we need to do what God says to do. We need to kick every single one of those false prophets and false teachers out of the church. Why? Because they're making God out to be a liar when the whole time, if we would just stick to the word of God that was written in the Bible over 1,500 years by 40 different authors over 40 different generations, and it never once uh, contradicts itself, and stop trying to seek a so-called word from God outside the actual word of God, we'd be much better off, and we'd have a much better witness in this world. Amen. But we don't do it. But it's high time, folks, that we do it. And folks, this is why you can't have it both ways. You cannot agree with some of the Bible's teachings and then turn around and deny its authenticity because the Bible clearly presents itself over and over again, hundreds of times, as being the genuine word of God. Anything short of that is intellectual hypocrisy, and so it is with the skeptics of the Bible. They spout off bold claims that the Bible can't be trusted, the Bible's full of errors, yet it's they who the whole time refuse to look at the evidence. And so I ask you, who's actually being the real hypocrite here, okay? And folks, I'm telling you in closing, this is why the last thing we would ever want to do as a Christian, especially in these times when people are looking for the truth, is to treat the Bible hypocritically like this guy does with the Bible. Let's take a look. reason why I wanted to show that is not only it was applicable to what we're going through today but if you recall that's at least the second time I've showed that I think I showed that last year sometime maybe you were here at that time and maybe you saw that and you said wow man I better get back I can't do that anymore no can I challenge you this morning are you still doing it even though it's now a year later folks that's how easy it is okay It's got to be the ultimate, unfortunate, hypocritical behavior of the Christian community, folks. And the irony is it's occurring at a time when people are in a desperate source and search for truth. And here we are as the Christian community saying on the one hand, oh yeah, the Bible came from God. You just got to get in there. You got to discover it. You got to find out all these answers. It's right there for the taking. And yet we don't pick it up ourselves. People, we have got to realize the golden opportunity that God is giving us with all the tragedy that is taking place. Our world is now in a frantic search for for truth. They're searching for purpose and and meaning to life. They're asking questions like, why do I exist? Where did I come from? Is there life after death? Why is all this evil going on? And how ironic it is that this mysterious book and source of truth that everybody's in search of is right there, collecting dust. In the Christian or the non-Christian's home, when people desperately need it. Let's get back on track, amen? L- l- let's not just say anymore here at Sunrise that the Bible came from God. Let's show the world that it came from God. People, be encouraged today. You don't have to give into the attacks of the skeptic. You don't have to give into one uh, uh, bit of doubt. You don't have to give into any criticism when it comes your way. What we hold in our hands is not just biblically, but logically, the genuine word of God. It's time that we get busy reading it, studying it, applying it, and sharing it with the people around us, Amen. he already knows this. We don't want to admit this. And so out of love and mercy, God gave us something called his law or the Ten Commandments. It's kind of like his x-ray into our heart to show us what he already knows, that he is holy and that we are not. And it's this unholiness or sin that separates us from him. Let's take a look at God's x-ray, if you will, his divine law to show us what he already knows. The Ten Commandments, uh, the ninth one says this, you shall not bear false witness, okay? That's called lying, okay? And if you've ever told a lie once, which we all have, myself included, the Bible says that makes you a liar, okay? The, the, another commandment says you shall not steal, okay? Uh, and you might think, well, that's something that everybody does. Well, it doesn't make it right, and it demonstrates what God is trying to show us that uh, we all have sin and it's separating us from him even if you took a pencil in the third grade from somebody if you did it without permission that's stealing and so now you've become a thief the bible says that you shall not use the lord's name in vain and how interesting it is and unfortunate that the only name under heaven by which men might be saved the name jesus christ has now become a common cuss word the bible says that god is so holy